Jr. says he's going to be testing free agency before making a decision as to whether or not to re-sign with the Indianapolis Colts. And real quick, let me put on my reading glasses, right? These glasses, of course, totally real, real specs, and I need them to read, obviously. So let me pull this up real fast just to kind of give you what Michael Pittman actually said uh, so we know I'm not talking out of my ass here. Okay, here we are, right? Michael Pittman. I made it this far, so I love my four years here, but I would not be doing my due diligence if I didn't explore every option and find the best fit. Pittman then went on to say that he would not technically be displeased with making the salary that comes with the franchise tag, but that isn't necessarily what he is looking for this offseason. So let me ask you right now, what do you think of that? Now, I know there are some mixed opinions on Michael Pittman Jr., but what is it that you take from that right there? And I'll tell you, I was very, very close to titling this video, The Colts Must Resign Michael Pittman Jr. to a New Deal this offseason. While I didn't want to come to a conclusion too soon on this one, I am damn close to doing so. Now, there are a few things that are holding me back from doing that, one of which is the way I reacted to the Colts getting rid of Paris Campbell this offseason. I was absolutely furious when the Colts let Paris Campbell walk. Now, I admit I'm guilty of being a Paris Campbell homer, right? I'm the type of guy that maybe is sometimes a little biased towards someone that I already liked out of the draft to begin with. Paris Campbell is really one of my favorite Colts to come around in the past few years. Uh, but lo and behold, we end up walking out of this past draft with Josh Downs, who seems like he's going to be everything we wanted Paris Campbell to be. And on top of that, by no means is Paris Campbell nearly as valuable as Michael Pittman is to this team, nor is he as accomplished. So I understand that's not a one-to-one -one comparison, but nonetheless, I do choose to have an open mind here. I want to be fair in my evaluation of this Michael Pittman Jr. contract situation that we're about to be walking into this offseason. I don't want to be so hard and fast on this one. Pause, 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 resume. So I said there were a few things, right? One of which was I want to kind of check myself because I know my reaction to Paris Campbell trying to learn from a past mistake. I briefly spoke about that, but the rest of the episode is for the other two things. And it's predicated on, one, the franchise tag, right? Which I don't think is quite as simple of decision as people may think. I think most people would say, yeah, man, you just franchise tag him. It's simple. That's just how you go about the business, right? I don't think it's quite that simple. I want to explain a little bit more of that in the body of the episode. And the number two, of course, there is that number 15 overall pick in the NFL draft. Now, of course, we do know two things. We know plenty of things about Chris Ballard, but two things that we do know about Chris Ballard is, one, Chris Ballard likes to keep homegrown talent. He's been more than open about the fact that he wants guys that he drafts to get their contracts moving forward. That's just the way he likes to do business. And number two, we know that he has yet to draft a wide receiver in the first round since he became the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, that's not to say he would never do that under any circumstances, but we have many times, you know, we could have used a receiver in the first round under Chris Ballard on a multitude of different occasions. So we do have to keep both of those two things I just said in mind when considering the likelihood of either of these options. But I do want to unpack all of this just for the sake of the discussion, right? I mean, this is the part 
where things get a little bit fun during the season. It's kind of just, okay, we have a game coming up. Let's talk about the game. The game ends. Let's talk about the game, right? And, that, and that's kind of the content that we have. But the offseason becomes a lot more speculative, a lot more fun. And dare I say, there does become a little bit more to talk about. And uh, that, that's kind of what I'm excited for. So let's get into this episode. But before we do, as always, have to introduce myself. My name is Justin. This right here is the Ride in the Bench Colts podcast. As always, I ask anyone enjoying the video, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead, shoot it a like. Gonna help me get out to as many Colts fans as humanly possible. If you're listening to the audio version, perhaps you leave a review, a five-star review even, that also is gonna help me get out to other Colts fans. On YouTube, we just hit 2,000 subscribers. Thank you guys so much for that. Can't appreciate it enough, but we wanna go to 3,000, wanna go to 5,000, wanna go to 10,000. So if you're one of the people that continues to come back, and has yet to subscribe, my promise to you is that I want to make this the absolute best, most fun offseason that you have ever had following these Indianapolis Colts. I hope to assist in that through this show. Go ahead and subscribe if you want to follow along for that. But most importantly, let's just enjoy the episode, enjoy the process. This is the first offseason episode we're making about these Indianapolis Colts. So I want to start with the franchise tag because I do tend to get pushback a little bit on my view of this type of thing. Let, let me let me try to explain to the best of my ability, right? Now, I understand at the end of the day, right? We love to watch football. This is the game we love. This is like a fun thing. This is like an escape from reality. But at the end of the day, over all things, football is a business and a harsh one at that. We understand this. But when people think about that business, they tend to only consider the dollars and the cents. And for sure, that is a large part of the business. I can't deny that, right? But in business, it's not just about the money, right? There are no businesses without negotiations. There is no business without relationships. For example, imagine you're going to apply for a job, right? And you go and uh, they send you, hey, we want to interview you this time this day, right? So you go, you do your research online, you look at the glass door, or, or the Indeed, if any of you guys have ever done this before in the search of a job, and you kind of see uh, guys who have worked there. I say guys, we were talking about football. Guys or gals, or guys or gals, who have worked there in the past and kind of their opinions on how everything went, right? And all of a sudden, you start seeing some reviews like, oh, man, at the end of the year, I felt I worked really hard, and they only gave me like a 1% raise, whatever it was, right? Do those types of things, when there's bad reviews about that employer, make you want to work there? No right? That right there is something that is not dollars and cents that affects the business. I feel it's the same when you're talking about prospective free agents and players that you're trying to bring into your team. I think, or at least I would personally, I don't know if all these guys are this thorough. I of course would be looking at how that team has handled contracts in the past when I'm thinking about whether or not I want to go play for that organization, particularly one like Indianapolis, no disrespect to the city of Indianapolis, is not considered to be a big market. So if you go there, a lot of your money is going to come down to just the football. It's not like it's New York or California or Texas where you get all these media opportunities. Indianapolis, your money is all really tied to you playing for the Colts. So I truly feel when people think about these contract negotiations, they aren't quite considering that part of the business. Again, not just the dollars and cents, but there is a level of the relationships that you have with people that matters. Dave Portnoy, for those of you who don't know, founder of Barstool Sports, sold Barstool Sports to Penn National Gaming. This was about, I don't know, two years ago or something like that. He ends up buying it back. And I'm about to paraphrase a little bit. But 
when they asked him about kind of his goals, right, for Barstool Sports, he said, listen, we're not profitable anymore, right? And my goal, he says, I've made all of my money. My goal isn't so much to turn this into, I'm not worrying about making my money anymore, right? He, I want this to be a great place to work. I just want to break even. And for Dave Portnoy, he's at a point in his life where he views that as the business. And this guy is one of the great moguls in all of America, in my opinion, right? So that is just kind of what I have to say about the the parts of the business that don't have to do with the dollars and cents. And I feel like it's something to be uh, something to be considered, right? And you think back to the Jonathan Taylor contract negotiations, a time long, long ago, where we thought that perhaps Jonathan Taylor had played his last snap as an Indianapolis Colts. And there was a time, a, a video I had seen of Michael Pittman Jr. being interviewed in the locker room. And while Pittman's going through this, or rather while JT is going through this, Michael Pittman gets asked about his contract, right? Him and JT, mind you, same draft class, second round picks, JT holding out on the same rookie deal that Michael Pittman Jr. is on. And when he was asked about it, Michael Pittman said that he was okay playing under his rookie contract, right? Michael Pittman was okay being the nice guy. Now, one thing that I felt like got missed in that, and perhaps I'm reading into it a little bit too deep, and perhaps you didn't interpret it the same way. This is my interpretation of what I heard him say. He did say, on the, again, paraphrasing, that he is okay playing on the rookie contract because these things would just work themselves out, right? So he goes out there, he's a team player, balls out beyond belief, establishes himself as probably the most important skill position player, the most important weapon in the Indianapolis Colts offense. So he does everything that a good soldier would do, right? So now he goes this offseason, hypothetically, now I'm getting ahead, I'm laying out a scenario for you, right? He goes, negotiates with other teams. The Colts then see those offers, and instead of matching one of those offers, after Pittman did everything you can possibly ask for out of a guy in his position as the organization, right? Team player, good guy, the whole deal, right? Does that all. Instead of matching the contract for his good service, they franchise tag him. Imagine that, right? Imagine you're Michael Pittman Jr. You do all that. You do it for them. You do it for the team. You do it for the, the shoe, right? You do it for the shoe. And instead of them giving you that long-term security that other teams who you have never played a snap for were willing to give you, they say, nope, we're going to franchise tag you. Now, let's say Michael Pittman gets upset with that. That's just sour grapes. He doesn't have a right to be upset about that. Now, I know, I understand. Listen, Michael Pittman Jr. is making far more money than most any of us will ever imagine making. So I understand there is a level of it's hard to have sympathy for him. This I get, but at the same time, that is a human being, and the money only matters so much. It all does become relative at some point. I mean, if you're Michael Pittman Jr. and they go ahead and take that direction, you got to wonder what exactly is the incentive to work with the organization in these types of things, right? If you act in good faith on your end towards the organization and they don't return it, why exactly would anyone ever act in good faith towards this organization if they don't feel like it's going to be reciprocated on the back end? Do you get my point? Do you get what I'm saying? I think that does become the complication with the franchise tag. Now, I know I said at the top of the show that Pittman says he he would be okay with that money, but hey, I mean, listen, we had Jonathan Taylor once upon a time saying, oh, the contract will work itself out, right? Do you remember all that? Before you knew what he was holding out, right? People change their minds all the time, and they have the right to do so. Do we really want to subject ourselves to the possibility of another holdout, which he, of course, would have the option to do under the franchise tag, do we want to subject ourselves to the possibility of that after a season where we all think, I think we all just realized we're a little bit closer than we thought we were? And for what? What would it all be for? 
to, to save 5% of the contract value? Is that what we would be just putting us through this trife for, right? I mean, it's not like we're using it, right? To sit here and pretend that the Colts are out here spending every last penny of the salary cap would be dishonest at best, right? Dishonest at best. Now, I know oh, here come the bargain bin or, or right the bargain bin Ballard comments, right? Keep in mind that this type of activity far predates Chris Ballard, but that's, you know, a digression completely. I digress, right? We've got a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson. It is in our best interest right now, while we do not have to pay that guy, to have the best possible offense around him, right? Particularly in an offseason where we feel uh, most of us are thinking about the defense, right? All of a sudden, we end up in a situation where the offense is is in a, in a rut, right? Now, let's get also, what am I saying? I lost my train of thought. We're back. Okay. The draft pick, <laughs> the draft pick, right? The fifth, I was going smooth. You know, every now and then you have a brain fart. I'm not high or anything like that. But if I was, that's probably the type of thing that would have happened, right? So the 15th overall pick in the draft, the foolproof way, if you were to franchise tag Michael Pittman, I suppose the most, the way to foolproof that would be to invest in a wide receiver at the 15th overall pick, right? Because you franchise Michael Pittman Jr., Best case scenario, Michael Pittman Jr. is actually okay with doing that, and you're able to work through a contract as the season approaches and continues. And then this new guy perhaps can come in, take the place of an Alec Pierce, let's say, who I don't think stinks. I think Alec Pierce gets too hard of a time, but there's no question at minimum he can use someone there to push him to be better. A first-round pick at the position would certainly add a sense of urgency to Alec Pierce and what he has to do to ensure that he has a contract with the Indianapolis Colts moving forward, right? That would be a best-case scenario. Now, you may end up even in a spot where the kid is so good that maybe you make the decision that you can afford to let Michael Pittman walk. Now, I admit this is not at all what I'd like, and this is not at all what I think is likely. I'm just presenting the possibilities here, but at least, at minimum, you have a level of flexibility in your decision if you are to draft the guy with the 15th overall pick. Not saying that's what they should do. Again, just kind of trying to unpack all of this for you so when you have the discussions, you know, you have them in a well-informed manner, right? It's one of my big goals over here is to make sure that Colts fans are a smarter fan base than they were before I started talking about the team. And that's kind of what we're on over here, right? So my prediction for you to wrap it all up in a bow, Michael Pittman Jr. will end up back with the Colts. I actually think they will end up actually re-signing him to a contract, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. We've seen this team, you know, get a little funky with the contract situation. We do know that they're pretty stingy, pretty strict on how they handle that type of thing. My fear is that we franchise tag him, we offend him, and it bites us in the ass. He holds out, and now our receiving core ends up worse off next season than it was this season in an off season where we think the offense is going to be just fine and all of our minds are on the defense, right? And all of a sudden, this problem just sneaks up on us. So that right there, kind of my initial thoughts here, on the Michael Pittman contract situation. I'm sure this is not going to be the last video I make on it, but this is the first one that I'm making to kind of set the stage for the offseason. My plan, my plan is to have the next episode out on Friday. Don't know when you're watching this, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. I'm thinking Friday, Saturday. I got some ideas, just got to sort through all of them, organize them so I could actually come onto this camera and make a little bit of sense for you guys. But without further ado, that was it. That was the whole episode. My name is Justin. This right here was the Ride in the Bench Colts podcast. Like, subscribe, leave a review if you've not done so yet. But until next time, go Colts. <laughs>